Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. Dominique and I both love training. When the two of us get together, it's a non-stop conversation. And that's what we want to share in these podcasts, our love of horses and our fascination with training. In the last podcast, we ended with Dominique talking about an experience she had when she was working on good grazing manners with her horses. She had a great success one day, but then the next time she took the horses out, Pico in particular was really distracted. I referred to this process of going out and seeing what you can do with your horses as testing the waters. It isn't a setback or a failure when the horse says, no, I'm not ready for this. It's just testing the waters to see what you and your horse can do together. As Dominique thought about the situation, she realized that there were a lot of distractions that day. There were several stallions nearby, and there were lots of people watching her. So rather than try to make Pico behave under conditions that weren't good for their relationship and that they weren't really ready for, Dominique took him back into the arena and worked on the skills that she would need in an environment that they could both handle. And I call that good training. So our conversation about the grazing led to a discussion of cues and cue classes. We're getting ready for our webinar this coming Saturday, June 30th, with Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz. So it's perfect that this topic came up. Let's jump back in and see where we head this week as our conversation continues. When we talk about cues, we tend to think of them as single things. I cued the dog to sit. I said sit, and the dog sat. I said trot, and the horse trotted. But really, you get cue classes. It's a whole class of stimuli that make up a cue. And that's one of the things I hope we have a chance to talk to Jesus about in the webinar, because that's a fascinating topic and one that produces a lot of clarity in terms of sorting through and sifting through how to set training up to be successful, how to problem solve, how generalizable do you want the response to be? So do you want it narrowed down to very specific conditions or broadened out to that the behavior occurs under a broad, wide class of conditions? And there's no right or wrong. It's just a way of thinking about the training that you're creating. Rather than my talking about it, I want to let Jesus talk about it in the webinar because I think he'll add a lot of clarity to the discussion of cues. You know, when every time I hear him speak, he always brings something, it seems, new, out of the box. When you think you've read everything and you understand everything, he'll just open up this big box. (laughs) I love that. 
and so things are progressing because of people like him. So it's it's an honor to have him on the webinar. I'm, I can't wait. I know, I know. It's going to be an exciting event. And he, he makes my head spin because he does. He It's like he, he turns things sideways or inside out and really helps you to look at things more clearly, greater detail from a perspective that makes you really rethink what you have been doing before. And I so value that. The opportunities that I've had going to the Clicker Expo, where we started years ago, I think beginning one of the first or second expo, we started finding ourselves in, in the corridors between presentations. And then after the last presentation, we'd be sitting out in the lobby and I would be just trying to wrap my mind around some of the things that he had talked about. And we would, we, we would have these long, long conversations that went on and sometimes until two o'clock in the morning, which is not good when you have presentations to give the following day, I have to say. <laughs> Every time you come back from Clicker Expo, you're sleep deprived. I am. Because of those conversations that go far into the night. But they are so worth it because I absolutely know that I'm a better trainer, better teacher because of those conversations. And he has enriched my training in ways that I couldn't even begin to describe. But certainly going back to the early days of the Poison Q, to this concept of the loopy training, to a deeper, richer understanding of how cues work, the list goes on and on and on. So I'm really looking forward to the webinar. And for me, it will be an opportunity to catch up and hear what he's been puzzling his way through most recently. And that's always exciting. Well, I think people like him, you know, it feels like we are rubbing elbow with science progressing. And that's what I love about the clicker training community is that it's constantly progressing. And it's because of people like him. Yes. It's the whole, you collect the data, you observe the behavior, you revise what you were doing, and then you move forward. So we're not just saying, here's the formula, follow it. It's, you know, as Jesus would say, it's always a study of one. And I love the expression, the rat is always right. That the behavior may not make sense to us, but it makes sense to the individual. And sometimes, remember him saying once at one of the conferences that we did with Kay Lawrence, and he was saying that sometimes the most bizarre looking behavior is the behavior that really and truly makes the most sense to the individual that's yeah. performing it. When you really take your training to the point where you are saying, the rat is always right, my horse is always right. Of course, that also means that I'm always right too, because in some manner in, in this, I get to be the rat as well, because it, if it's a loop, then we're both the rats, but we can both be so right that we're both wrong. But it is that whole acknowledging that the behavior that I'm getting from my horse is there for a reason. What is the function of the behavior? And if I can scratch below the surface of the behavior itself, the expression, and look at the function, if I don't like the behavior, can I satisfy the function by creating an alternative behavior? You know, Susan Friedman says that if you don't do that, 
and you try to put together a behavior change plan, you will not succeed because if you cannot allow for the same kind of function, she calls it throwing spaghetti on the wall strategy and see what sticks. It can actually be detrimental to put together a plan without understanding the function of the behavior. Yes. You still have to teach the skills, right? Because the idea is that we want the animal to be able to access this function, but in an appropriate way. And that will have to go through a teaching process and building the skills that will allow the animal to perform in an appropriate way. But you first have to understand the function of the behavior. Otherwise, your plan may not work. Yeah, which can be hard at times. It can. I remember with Marla here, there was this one horse and we were trying to make a, f I mean, Marla Foreman, who is, you know, she's been doing clicker training forever. She's worked for, well, for 20 years uh, or maybe 25 by now and has worked with a multitude of horses. She knew all the horses here really well. And we were having a hard time. And we were using Susan Friedman's questionnaire to try and do the functional analysis, but we couldn't understand what the function of the behavior was. Sometimes it can be hard, sometimes not, but um, it's, it's not always a straightforward, because there are lots of reinforcers that we may not realize are maintaining the behavior. And so if you're trying to teach these skills, but the maintaining reinforcer is still at play, it may be in the environment, it may be something you're not aware of, well, you're not going to be very successful with your plan. So you've piqued my curiosity. So were you able with the detective work to figure out what was the function of the behavior? You know, I remember the struggle to find it. And it was during the time we were actually doing Susan's course. So I actually, I think in the end, I didn't get the final answer. It was this Prince the horse. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I can't remember what the behavior was either. But I just remember the struggle of finding the function of the behavior. I think there were the three of us with the manager of the barn trying to answer the question and we were struggling. So it can seem at times really obvious, except that often it's, it's not. For example, if you have a horse that's that's nipping at you. Really frustrating behavior. But what's the function of it? What what does that horse actually want? And how can you satisfy that function, that need, so that you get a different behavior? So Susan, in her course, she gives the example of a parrot that bites when the hand comes near the cage. Of course, when the parrot has bitten in the past, the, the hand has disappeared. The hand has gone away. So the function of the biting is to put distance between the parrot and the hand. And so how can you give access to the same function? So the animal is saying, I don't want your hand so close to me. So the appropriate way that she suggests, one way of teaching the parrot would be to, for him to lean away from the hand instead of biting the hand. Of course, the handler has to see this, right? And has to accept 
the backing away from the, the leaning backward from the parrot as a cue to take his hand away. And so no one has been bitten and the parrot was able to, to use his behavior to, to make the hand go away. Now, the second part of it after that is also, because I, I don't remember in the exercise, probably the hand wanted for the parrot to come and perch. There's a history usually, you know, what has the hand meant before that would bring the parrot to want to bite it? Right. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, you would have to have the history, but you want to teach the skills too, to get to where you want to get, but in a positive way, because Obviously, this hand has been poisoned. Right. So you have to retrain some familiar behaviors to get to that point. But in the meantime, you also want the the parrot to be able to express that, to know that he has control to make the hand go away. Yes. Without biting. And the more we acknowledge this in our horses, the more we modify our behavior in response to their behavior, the more we have... A relationship that is truly built on positive communication and the easier and clearer everything becomes it's really good and you know we were talking about the grazing and I thought this this was another great example I mean the horses they they drag us to the grass because they want to graze obviously they are grazing animals it's a clear function we don't have here to scratch our head very hard that's the function of dragging us is getting to graze this grass because very often we bring them into a paddock where the grass has been eaten already and on the way to the paddock is the greatest grass and so the function is to get to the grass. Now, with the instructions that you gave us in this article, well, this is an, an alternative way to get to the grass, an appropriate way to get to the grass, but we have to go through a teaching process. And we will use all the foundation lessons, the mat and all this, the head lowering, and this is how we teach the horse, yes, you will have the grass, but this is how we do it. You don't drag me. You can cue me. I know I've seen that you want to go to this patch and we're going to go very politely and graze in a very polite way. And there's a point where I will ask you to bring your head up. And it doesn't mean necessarily it's the end of the grazing. You can still have access to the grazing. So that's what it is. Huh? Teaching an alternative way, an appropriate way to get to that same function. Yes. And of course, it makes me think about the word polite, because that's our construct. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But basically, what we're saying is, how can I teach my horse how to coexist with me comfortably and safely coexist with me in the environments that I have put this horse into. There are constraints on this whole relationship and at the end of the day I'm closing the gate and saying sorry my beloved horse but you can't go through this open gate because that's a very busy highway and so no you can't graze on the the verge the way the deer graze on the the edge of the highway. So there are some limitations on the freedom that I'm going to give you. I've brought you into this environment that I have constructed. And what I need to do is teach you a set of behaviors 
that allows us to get along well together. And if you're dragging me to get to grass, that could potentially get me hurt. And it certainly is not really pleasant. The more you drag me to grass, the less willing I'm going to be to take you out for grass. So if you're dragging me to grass, if you're giving me, I'm going to call it a hard time, however we define that, then I'm going to be less willing tomorrow to create the opportunity to take to let you out on grass. That limits your freedom. But if I can teach you a set of behaviors in which we can coexist well together so that when we go out of the barn, I'm not having my arm wrenched out of my shoulder, you're not dragging me off, but you're walking with me on a slack line and that when we stop, you wait and then I release you to the grass, you put your head down, you graze for a bit and then when I ask you to bring your head up, you bring it up softly, we walk to another patch of grass, which in my case will be in the shade and then I'll let you graze some more it means that I'm going to be more willing in the future to take you out for grass because it was pleasant for me as well as for you. And, and that's really what we're looking for through this training is to create a way to coexist with our animal companions in a way that opens up more freedom, more possibilities, more of the things that they want rather than reducing it because their behavior makes it hard, unpleasant, or unsafe for us to participate in things that they would actually enjoy. What a beautiful way to end this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes, I think so too. So, and, and actually to end the conversation we've been having this afternoon. So we won't leave anyone with a cliffhanger this time. We'll just say, I hope you join us for our webinar with Jesus. And until next time, have fun with your training. Our webinar with Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz is just around the corner. Remember, it is scheduled for Saturday, June 30th, 2018 at 1.30 Eastern Time. To register or to find out more about the webinar, go to equosity.com. So let me just say a couple words about the webinar and why I wanted to invite Jesus to join us. I met Jesus through the Clicker Expo. We've both been members of the Expo faculty since its beginning over 15 years ago. And I always look forward to the Winter Expos, not just for the presentations that I'm going to hear and all the people that I'm going to meet, but I look forward to the Expo because Jesus and I always meet up and set aside time for lengthy conversations. So for me, the Expo always feels like a graduate level seminar in behavioral analysis. So it's a great treat. And I know those conversations have helped me to be a much better teacher, both for the people I work with and for my animal learners. So it's a great delight to have Jesus joining us for the webinar. Always he helps us to see our learning from angles we might not have thought about before. So I hope you'll join us. It's a great opportunity not just to listen in, 
but to ask your own questions and to have Jesus help you unravel some of the puzzles you may have in your own training. Remember, the webinar is this coming Saturday, June 30th, 2018, at 1.30 Eastern Time. To register, go to equiosity.com. And if you have any questions, do email us. You can find our contact information in the website. Again, go to equiosity.com to register. Next week, we'll be starting up a whole new series of conversations. So, until next time, have fun with your training.